0: Revenge of the Birds podcast, part of the SB Nation podcast network, hosted by Blake Murphy Seven and Johnny Touchdown, all about your Arizona Cardinals. Hello and welcome to the Revenge of the Birds podcast. We are talking today about the Arizona Cardinals with an upcoming game against the New York Giants. Today is our game preview. Uh, We'll also talk a little bit uh, just kind of about where we're seeing the current talent level on this team. Uh, Cardinals are at least getting a couple of guys back, uh, either in this game or, if not in this game, very soon after. Uh, To go over with this, as always, is my co-host, the venerable John Venerable. My name is Blake Murphy7. And, uh, John, we're heading into the Cardinals after three straight losses against a Giants team that has been, honestly, very resurgent. I don't think that this is going to be a team that you would look at saying this is an easy win to just check the box off for the Cardinals, but I don't think it's an unwinnable game either, even with the way the Cardinals are playing. Uh, w- w- how are you doing, and what are some of your thoughts as we head into the Cardinals making a playoff push at the last quarter of the season?
1: Yeah, welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us. And goodness, I, you know, we talk about playoff push for a team that was 5-2 and two and firmly in the driver's seat, and right now, Blake, I mean, they are just trying to hang on for dear life, and we have said this, I think that each of the last two weeks, I think it's definitive now, this is a must-win if they want to make the postseason. Now, theoretically, they could win out, go 3-0 and and be 9-7 and um, and have a really good shot, but I just think with the way the schedule lines up, uh, I think that this team right now, if they want to be – uh, the, in the, in the driver's seat for the AC, especially when you consider the Minnesota Vikings play Tampa Bay off a buy, uh, that being the Buccaneers off a buy, the Cardinals have to win this game. And I, I just look at it, Blake, and, uh, yes, who's playing better football right now? Unquestionably it's the New York giants. Uh, the giants have not allowed more than 20 points. And I think each of the last five weeks they've won four straight. They're buying into what Joe judge is selling and you know, he looks like a very competent head coach. But a couple quick things to point out. Number one, the Giants have renewed expectations, and they just came off their biggest win of the the last half decade. That's what the New York Daily News is saying after beating Seattle in Seattle. So you're talking about an emotional victory for a young team. The Cardinals, even though they are traveling on the road uh, and playing at, at Eastern Time, which has been a bugaboo for this franchise for how long, they're a three-point favorite. As of the recording of this podcast on a, on a Friday afternoon, the, the line I think started at two, they're up to a three-point favorite. That tells you that Vegas is saying that smart money's on the Cardinals to win this game. While I don't necessarily agree that it's that much of a layup, I do think that the Cardinals are going to play no longer with house money but with their hair on fire and with a sense of urgency, Blake, that we haven't seen in a while. I think similar to when they had to play the New York Jets and they had to get no momentum going after losing two straight to Carolina and Detroit. That was a must win at the time. I think this falls in the same vein, not so coincidentally, same field, same, same franchise, or excuse me, same town, both teams in New York. I just think that the Cardinals come into this game and they're going to catch the Giants, I believe, at a time where they're just so emotionally overwhelmed with everything going on with their team kind of similar to that of when the Cardinals beat the Bills and had that monster victory thanks to the Hale-Murray, and then a couple of days later they had to go on the road and play a desperate Seattle team. I do believe the Cardinals are now in that desperate state. I mean, think about everything that's going on with this franchise really over the last month. People are openly questioning Kyler Murray as a leader of this franchise, which is absurd to you and I, but he hears that, right? Cliff Kingsbury has been called out for his inability to adapt, the fact that he's not, you know, utilizing DeAndre Hopkins effectively. The offensive line came out this week and said they took ownership of poor play over the last month. You know, the defense has to play better. Vance Joseph knows that this could be the last month of his employment as a defensive coordinator in the NFL if things continue to unravel. Everybody knows what's at stake, and you look top to bottom, and we'll get into the the intricacies of both of these rosters. The Cardinals are more talented than the Giants. That that cannot be argued. The Giants. Even with their recent run of success, have one of the worst offenses in the NFL and some of the worst offensive personnel that we've seen. Yet you could probably counter and say, "Well, the Cardinals just faced a team like that in New England a couple of weeks ago and lost." But I, I like Joe Judge; he's not Bill Belichick. I just think the Cardinals are going to be in a position with this game where they know they absolutely have to come out with a victory and that's why I just I feel differently about this game like you and I felt pretty confidently last week that 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 matchup against the Rams that wasn't one that favored the Cardinals in the slightest I just think the closer we get to Sunday don't ask me why other than you looking at kind of at the tea leaves and some of these trends involving both teams I just think we're going to see a huge game from Kyler Murray I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to shut some doubters up at least for another week and the Cardinals are going to get a, a much needed victory against a Giants team that may or may not be reading a lot of their own press clippings Blake
0: comes down to ultimately I think for the Cardinals is we've talked about the ability to bounce back and we've also talked about how Uh, when we talked about our last show primarily focused on what's been going wrong with the Cardinals. I think a lot of it comes down to uh, you look at how the offense in a lot of ways has been kind of sustained or has the identity of Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and then running the football. And each of those things have essentially been able to set up guys like Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk. So when you take away Kyler's ability to run the football and even take away maybe some of the, desire or not wanting to take a hit maybe not scrambling as much looking to pass for that one when other times he would you know tuck it and run on a third and long Uh, teams are focusing on on the run and stopping that then that's kind of where you've seen it break down because ultimately then you have to force feed Hopkins you know 15 targets a game you're seeing Christian Kirk against better receivers not be able to separate and With Isabella filling in for Fitzgerald, it just has not been overall effective. So that's really caused the entire offense to stumble. What's interesting, John, is when you look at how these two offenses line up, it's not like the Cardinals are going out there and putting up, you know, zeros or scoring under 10 points. They've still overall through the past couple of losses that they've had, they put up 31 points against Miami, 32 against the Bills. Uh, they put up 21 against the Seahawks, and then 17 was their lowest total, at least, um, of the year. Ty, uh, actually, it was the lowest total of the year. They did score 21 points against the Panthers. They still put up 28 points against the Rams, and that was with a miserable first half, John. Now, when you're talking about the worst offensive league, the this is kind of one of the crazy things. The Giants have scored more than 25 points exactly twice on the season. They scored 34 against the Dallas Cowboys, which we've seen that defense was giving up, you know, an average of 30 points a game, no matter who the opponent was. And then they scored 27 against the Philadelphia Eagles, who have had a terrible um, offense as well this season, with Carson Wentz turning the ball over left and right. What we're seeing, John, is a team that wins games with defense and then essentially is kind of getting around 20 points or so per, for offense that to me does play very well into the Cardinals favor because we're talking about a team that is able to put up second half points very well and really has only struggled with the Panthers and the Patriots on the season and you look even at the first half of the Rams game uh, like we talked about last week John the offense stepped up and put up 21 points in the second half they would have put up uh, probably a total of 31 points in the game if not for the missed Zane Gonzalez field goal we'll get to some news in Zane in a second that's kind of dropped more recently. But right now, John, this seems like this is kind of going to be who's going to win this war. Is it going to be the Cardinals coming out, being able to see some explosive plays, be able to effectively run the football, and be able to put 28 points on the board? Because if you can do that, the Giants' offense, they're going to have to start throwing the ball with Daniel Jones. They won't be able to take some of those deep play action shots. They won't be able to run the football effectively. And I think that's what it's really going to come down to. This is a game where I think the onus is much more on the offense than it is On the defense now, defensively, if you can force a turnover or two from where expecting Daniel Jones to play now, if it's Colt McCoy, he had no turnovers last week. But if that's the case, I think you want to hope for a Cardinals team that maybe you don't even have to attack the team with the pass. You look to a year ago, this team played the New York Giants again. They were able to run the ball on the ground with Kyler and with Chase Edmonds, take a couple of measured shots, and then, you know, they were just able to play solid defense against the Giants, force a couple of turnovers and bad plays from Daniel Jones and were able to walk out of you know MetLife Stadium with a win. It wasn't an easy win, but it was definitely a win that felt like that Arizona controlled the game. And I think, John, that would be the recipe for success in this Cardinals game as well. Try to focus on beating the New York Giants at their own game and then knowing that your team and your offense, at least, if you can win the turnover battle, then you should be able to walk away ending a lot of the losing streak. And I think it'll be curious to see how – uh, this team does because if they're forced to throw against Patrick Graham's defense, that that would be the one area of concern that I would have given the lack of success. We've seen some teams have with that this season.
1: Yeah. And I've been doing a little bit of homework because it's giants week on some of their advanced metrics and, and Blake, they're actually one of the worst pass rushing teams in all football in terms of getting home and getting after the quarterback, which speaks to the tremendous depth and personnel they put together in their back seven. Uh, specifically in their secondary. Uh, you talk about a guy like Jabril Peppers, who was part of that Odell Beckham trade. He's solidified himself as a really nice, strong safety. Logan Ryan, who was available deep into the offseason that they brought on, who can be a Pro Bowl-level slot corner. And then, of course, James Bad- Bradbury, who will be who'll be lined up on, on DeAndre Hopkins this weekend. Uh, the majority of their sacks this year, which have come from Leonard Williams, uh, the former New York Jet, former USC Trojan, have been because of coverage sacks and so that that tells me that 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 plays into the Cardinals weakness because they don't have receivers who can separate um Blake Martinez like you mentioned he is questionable didn't practice on Friday that's their quote-unquote middle linebacker tackling machine um former Green Bay Packer that's a big loss if he can't play and I think it would play to the Cardinals advantage of I think Blake for for the Cardinals to try come out and be successful I think their offensive line has to go back to solidifying themselves as one of the the top 10 to 12 units in the NFL and when we saw them come out of that rut I know it was a year ago and the, some of the personnel's changed they they went to the running game and to me if the Cardinals can can begin to slowly emerge back as a running football team and not when they have to in the fourth quarter and you think about broken plays like with that you know the Kenyon Drake run late in the fourth quarter last week. I mean, stuff that bumps up your statistics that otherwise wouldn't be complimentary. I'm talking about from the the moment the whistle starts on Sunday, and you're just going to line up and say, okay, maybe you're down Blake Martinez. We don't think much of your defensive linemen. We think we can come out and establish the run with Kyler and Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds, and eventually that opens things up in the passing game. I, I think that's the right decision for this week. It may not be moving forward, but just for this week, control the tempo. Daniel Jones, who you just mentioned, Blake, I think he does come back and play. He was uh fully participant in Friday's practice. He's giddy and turnover prone, and if you put him in a position where he's not getting a lot of possessions out on top of missing time, I think he's going to be in a in a position where he's going to force more errant throws and make the boneheaded plays that lead to a turnover an interception or a fumble. So I, I just, I like the Cardinals to slow down this game. Um, and that doesn't mean they can't quote unquote play fast like they normally do. But I, I just think what happened to that, that vaunted Russian attack that was two in the NFL last year, all the advanced metrics say they were one of the best, if not the the best in the NFC only behind Baltimore. Um, I, I I believe that that is the recipe to to getting Kyler back to where he needs to be, the intermediate passing game that has to take off eventually. And until that's ready to go, and you can't force that, I I do believe you've got Kenyon Drake for the next month. This could be his last four games as an Arizona Cardinal. I'm going to do what I can and get him motivated and say, okay, young man, you want a contract either from us or from somebody else. We're going to give you 25 touches tomorrow against the Giants or Sunday against the Giants. I, I need you to produce. I need you to keep your shoulder square. Get those tough yardage. Take pressure off Kyler. Kyler Murray, who's being disrespected right now, don't make it seem like Kyler has to do everything for us. And maybe that settles the whole team down and just to think to themselves, okay, we need the big splash plays. We need the chunk yardage. We can't complete balls over 20 yards right now. But you know what we can do? We can run the football. I, I don't know if that's going to be their game plan, but against this Giants team – that's, that's so limited in so many areas outside of their secondary, slow the game down and take control. Max Williams, one of the best blocking tight ends in football, is back. You've got Josh Jones, who's done a nice job as the team's third tackle. Your entire offensive line is healthy. You've got interchangeable depth with Justin Murray if you want to substitute him out for J.R. Sweezy if he's not getting it done. Humphreys is having a Pro Bowl season. Lean on these guys. If this is the strength of your team, you're, you're flying and you're, you're playing an East Coast game generally where the Cardinals attribute a lot of their mistakes not being prepared not being ready do what you did in this game ago a year ago and I get it it's different coach different team Chase Edmonds went for over three three touchdowns and over 100 yards against this Giants team because the Cardinals said we're going to run the football so I I like them to to run the football effectively Sunday because I think that especially after what we saw against the Rams the passing game just looks so out of whack and you're talking about three days to correct all of those issues going on right now. It's it's a the, You're in the last quarter of the season, and it seems weird saying getting back to basics. But Blake, they run the football really well when they run the football. Outside of short yardage, which is an issue in and of itself, I mean, Kenyon Drake is quietly on pace for over 1,000 yards. He's averaging 4.3 yards per carry. Chase Edmonds, all he does is produce five yards a pop. He's almost at 400 yards rushing. And then, obviously, Kyler brings his... You know dynamic element. they've got 19 rushing touchdowns on the season. I say you lean in all on the running game, you do kind of what you saw Baltimore do each of the past couple weeks to get their their mojo back. I think that's what the Cardinals need to do on Sunday. And it also keeps Vance Joseph's defense off the field so they're able to get more out of that unit in in the duration of four quarters as compared to what we saw on Sunday, Blake, when the Cardinals defense was gassed by the second half against the Rams.
0: John, this is a situational defense now for the Cardinals. If you want to ask, what is it this Cardinals defense does well? Is it stopping the run? Is it stopping the pass? Is it um, trying to be able to make sure it's in coverage? Really what we've seen, at least, is that the coverage in this team, uh, as far as it's not great, and part of that also I think feeds into you've got pass rushers who aren't getting home the the biggest thing at least for this team that it does well overall is it kind of bends but doesn't break against the run there's blown plays that you'll see every once in a while you think back to the um the touchdown at least that was done with I believe it was Cam Akers was a huge blown uh, touchdown you look at how there wasn't safeties in the backfield they got caught looking on waiting kind of for Jared Goff to boot around you talk about how what they've really been kind of needing to do is get home with the blitz and a lot of teams are kind of taking little dink and dunks down the field since the Cardinals are ensuring that, hey, we're not going to let people go deep on us and utilize Buda Baker in the box where he's special. Where I think this has all shifted for the most part, John. if you take a look back to the Cardinals, uh, just going back against the Seahawks, this is what the last three games has looked like. So now previously they had about, against the Seahawks, 360 passing yards, 159 rush yards. You know, next week against the Dolphins, 178 rushing yards. You're talking at least about the Cardinals team with Kyler Murray rushing for over 100 yards by himself. Against the Bills, 217 rushing yards. Bills, one of the worst run defense. You Look at the Seahawks, 57 rushing yards. Patriots, 138 rushing yards. Rams, only 92. The identity of this team was taken away. Not just Kyler running the ball, but the entire team running the ball. And that's, I think, what the adjustment that Arizona is going to have to make is – Uh, essentially you see this is a rushing team that would use the run to then essentially set up the pass for a lot of those players and without the running game and running threat there, we're just seeing teams sell out to stop the run. And I think, John, what we want to see in this game is if the Cardinals come into this game and the Giants say, hey, we're going to sell out and stop the run no matter what, you're going to have to essentially, I think, be able to just say, all right, we're going to have to get what we can in the passing game, whatever it looks like, sustain some of these long drives, Um, You know, I think if it comes down to, if you're giving DeAndre Hopkins 20-some targets this game, if he's the guy who's getting open, I think that you have to do that. And that's where I think Larry Fitzgerald is expected to be back. He's coming off of the COVID list. You look at where he had been kind of trending. He had been trending up the last couple of games before he had had covid He's kind of started to trend down a little midway through the season. I think that it'll be interesting to see what will the impact be of him on the field. He's down some nine pounds. And while he's had some time off, some people are going to wonder, are we going to see lingering effects on Sunday? Are we going to see a quicker Fitzgerald if he's down nine pounds? There's a lot that we have to kind of see at least. And I think the impact on the offense overall, for me in part, John, is... You would feel like with a lot of the snaps that Andy Isabella has been getting, going to a guy like Fitzgerald instead, I think that's going to be key. Uh, The second thing that we have is a player who may not be playing on Sunday. Uh, Two guys who have been listed as questionable are Kelvin Beecham and Zane Gonzalez popped up on the Cardinals injury report today with the back issues. Let's talk a bit about that because if Josh Jones has to play, we're going to be talking about how... The Giants, you know, they've got a decent pass rush, but their pass rush to a point, let's put it this way, they were content to move on from Marcus Golden in that scheme and give him to the Cardinals. Golden at least has kind of kept the Cardinals from becoming this terrible pass rush team, but they're not a great team rushing the passer either. I don't like this matchup really for Arizona overall for that one, uh, especially just because the way that this team is built – You're kind of looking at a team that wants to be strong and firm up front and then is creative with their coverages on the back end. Some NFL players are looking at the Giants saying, I don't even know what kind of they're playing. Is this some sort of man? Is this zone? Their defensive coordinator has gotten them to win four straight games. Now, that being said, Cardinals have lost essentially one or two games, John, specifically due to Zane Gonzalez. If he's not kicking there on Sunday and the Cardinals are kind of, Eh, we're gonna go ahead and just list him as injured on the report. Oh, we got to use our emergency kicker now. As or even say, hey, we don't know how he's gonna be. We got to put two kickers on the roster without necessarily like you know having to bench a player. That may be something that helps the Cardinals out if they're able to suddenly see you know two or three kicks. If you can get some confidence back in a guy, if suddenly the offense doesn't have that uh, deflating bit. And the second part, I think at least for that John is this matchup at least for the for the Cardinals. The tackles for the Giants have been playing extremely well, so that's one of the things I think that I would say as far as a concern is even though the Giants seem to be kind of the surging team, tackles are playing well, you look at the last couple of teams they've beat and it does give you a little bit of hope if you're a Cardinals fan because they've beaten Washington by three, the Eagles by ten. The Bengals by two points, as we all remember from last week, the Seahawks by five, and that game kind of came down to a fourth and ten deep shot that they batted down, that turned the ball over on downs. Seattle looked discombobulated the whole day. We'll see what kind of a team that we get, John, but you're at least looking at this if you're the Cardinals going, yeah, what if the Se- if the Seahawks had a bad game and the other teams were just not good NFL teams this year? That gives you at least some confidence. It's just hard to look at the matchup and say that this is going to be a game that Arizona should win because right now the way that they're playing, you said, John, they could lose to anybody. And that is, I think, the biggest thing of coming up is I really don't feel like I know what kind of Cardinals team we're going to get on Sunday. If they have the urgency and the energy in the past, you should think that they'll walk away from all this so long as they can take care of the football, though.
1: Yeah, again, that's the thing. What Cardinal team are we getting? Um, Are we getting the team that, feels like their season is on the line and they want to do something about it or are we getting a team that doesn't believe in their head coach and that they're punting on the rest of this year and they're thinking ahead to the off season and they're sick of doing this COVID-led season I mean that's that's a possibility um, Here, Um here's another possibility is that it may not matter because the New York Giants to me Blake I think they're a f- not a fraudulent team I do think they're a flawed team I mean Daniel Jones in their four game win streak, and I know he didn't play last week, has one touchdown pass. In the Cincinnati-Philadelphia Washington games, he had one touchdown pass, they won each of those games. Which tells me that, okay, they're playing teams with very limited offenses. They got Cincinnati without Joe Burrow, Philadelphia who just can't stop, you know, vomiting all over themselves with Carson Wentz and, and turning the ball over left and right. They got Washington on, I believe it was, the 8th of November when Washington... Alan
0: Hurts now is what we can talk about, too. I was going to say, John, we'll we'll talk about that at the end of the show.
1: (laughs) Right, yeah, next week we can talk about that. But Washington in that game that the Giants beat them, I believe Alex Smith was not playing yet, and I think that they were still rolling with... Um, the kid that beat Arizona last year, i uh, pull up the box square. No, I'm sorry. Alex Smith did play in that game. I believe it was his first start back since the leg injury through three interceptions, but he's been playing better since. So they, they've got a, yeah. a major break at each of the opposing quarterbacks that they faced. So they haven't paid. Yeah,
0: that was the Joe Burrow game, if I remember correctly, it was I believe the week before, John, where Joe Burrow had gotten that terrible leg right. injury. Alex Smith is on they the They almost other still side. lost uh, that, that Cincinnati game, too.
1: They're, all of their games are within not only a possession, but like one to two points. And I think that that's where you really have to give them credit is they know how to play in close games. The most lopsided loss that they have this year, and uh, the only game that hasn't been decided by less than 10 points, Blake, is a, is a 36-9 to shellacking that they got against San Francisco at home on the 27th of, of September, which is so long ago we can essentially throw that out. But they've been in every game since then. They only lost to Tampa Bay by two. They lost to Philadelphia earlier in the season by one. They lost to Dallas by three. All all the optics would say this game is going to be closer than it, than it should be. And if you, again, you look at these teams on paper, the Cardinals are better. They have better personnel. They have more top-heavy personnel. I, I think they're significantly better if you're just doing offense versus offense. Arizona's better. And I even think defensively the Cardinals have a couple positions in which the the Giants would be very um, envious of, that being Buda Baker amongst a couple other guys. But um, I I think that, in my opinion, for the Cardinals, to, if they were to lose this game, it would have to be because we're going to see a a Kyler Murray-led offense that continues to fumble all over themselves and turn the football over. And I I believe that that is going to get cleaned up this week. I think the Cardinals are going to come out and they're going to play sound football and they're not going to turn the football over because that's how they've lost each of the last two weeks. And I, as as much as people want to dog on Arizona's performance against Seattle on that Thursday night, I actually thought they played relatively well, especially in the second half and, and could have won that game and didn't have a turnover, but they had turnovers against new England and they had bad turnovers against the Rams. If they don't turn the ball over, You know that Daniel Jones is good for at least one. I I do think that that's going to be the key to victory for for the Cardinals. And again, Kyler Murray under immense pressure, uh, I will take him every day of the week twice on Sunday over somebody like Daniel Jones. And you, you may be thinking to yourself, well, it may be out of his hands. I believe that if Kyler Murray plays well enough to score 25 to 27 points, the Cardinals will win. I don't think Kyler Murray has to be elite on Sunday to beat this Giants team. I think he has to be elite to play, to beat San Francisco, not San Francisco, uh, Seattle. I think he's got to be elite to beat um, the, the Rams from a week ago. But if, if he is just methodical, two touchdowns, doesn't turn the ball over a little bit of run, a little bit of pass. I think the Cardinals win this game and I think they win it by double digits. But if the Cardinals, are going consistently going three and out if they're turning the football over if they're missing kicks if they're doing everything that's quote-unquote self-inflicted like we've seen over the past month they will lose I think we can get Kyler Murray from the Seattle game two weeks ago three weeks ago I think we can get Kyler Murray from the Buffalo game or the Miami game we just can't get the Kyler Murray that we've seen really the past two weeks and I do think those were outlier performances related to health I I believe he's 100% ready to go And I do think, Blake, with this Giants defense, unlike the Rams, who have Aaron Donald, and unlike New England, who have Bill Belichick running their defense, I think that that because of the weaknesses that are going to be exploited by the Cardinals compared to the Giants' front seven, this is going to be a big revenge-running game for Kyler. I don't think the Giants have anybody in their front seven. I could be proven wrong. We could be sitting on this podcast little less than a week from now and I could be eating a bunch of crow I don't think Dalvin Tomlinson Dexter Lawrence Jabal Shear, Leonard Williams I don't think those guys can prevent Kyler Murray from going off as a runner and right now you kind of have to go take a step back to go two steps forward with this passing game get back to basics do what you do well and then hopefully the passing game will come you know fluidity through that But their linebackers are suspect. Defensive line is fine. It's the secondary that has a bunch of talent. So don't force it. Play your game. Run the football and incorporate. I mean, it's the end of the year. You got to go all out. You got to win this game. And so you can't be thinking about next week down the line, a week from now, a month from now. And I I think we're going to see Kyler and the offense shine with the RPOs again. I think it's going to be the return of the Kyler running game this week.
0: John, just the comparison between the quarterbacks, the best thing that Daniel Jones has had on the season, honestly, has been his deep ball. You've seen how Darius Slayton, when he's able to get the ball to Slayton on the outside, you've seen at least success overall with the Giants being able to put up some points. He's had a few deep touchdowns this year. When that hasn't been available, then you're talking about seeing some inaccuracies and even drops from the likes of Evan Ingram. And as Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard have gone, Shepard is probably at least the... Uh, the best as far as those receivers you talk about on paper uh, he's still the number three receiver on their team he's had some health stuff Slayton at least is kind of that big play threat at 15.3 yards per catch which I think is great now he only has of course three touchdowns on the season the thing that Arizona I think has to do with this one is make sure that you're able to recognize that this passing attack by the giants is is not great if if the giants come out and say we're gonna throw the football to win that's great if you're the arizona cardinals daniel jones has taken about uh, over 30 sacks this year i believe it was yeah 31 sacks and as far as his drop back goes, he takes about a sack every eight times he drops back. He, at least his head, as far as with how fumbles go, he's like the Jameis Winston of fumbles. There's at least one fumble per game that he loses. So it's not even just one fumble per game. We're talking about one fumble per game that the other team gets. There's just a lack of pocket presence. What I think it comes down to, at least, is the way that the Giants have won is similar to the way that the Cardinals have won. They just don't have any type of really explosiveness outside of the likes of Slayton, who's no DeAndre Hopkins by any stretch of the imagination. So the rushing attack for the Giants with Saquon Barkley going down has been kind of carried by the likes of Daniel Jones. He's rushed 55 times on the season. He's got about 400 yards. Some of that comes from that one long 80-yard rush he fell down on. But between him and Wayne Gallman, if the Giants are able to – you know, pick up, let's say the Giants get four, four and a half yards per carry against the Cardinals, and the Cardinals are only able to get like two yards per carry, that's when I think you're going to be in trouble, because it means Jones won't be dropping back to throw the ball, to take some of those hits, he holds on to the ball way too long as a quarterback, there's usually, a lot of games, there's one or two errant throws he'll make, Uh, He's got nine interceptions on the year. And the other thing that's interesting, John, is we're talking about a bad red zone offense too. This is a spot where the the likes of Colt McCoy, I said I would almost rather face... Daniel Jones, then McCoy, because even though the deep passing game is going to be there for Jones, McCoy found that in the season just did not turn the ball over at the same rate. He also didn't take nearly the same amount of sacks. So right. to me, that's kind of one hand. It's all right. This is kind of your game plan. You're talking about, hey, we want to manage the game, you know, run the football a lot. Don't let Colt get into these situations. He just does a lot better job of being able to manage the game and even the pocket than Jones did. Daniel is a guy who relies on his athleticism, takes more sacks. And I think that's what is going to come down to. John is this Cardinals offensive line can protect well enough against the likes of, uh, you know, you talked about Leonard Williams. I think you also look at some of their defensive tackles. Um, I know that they've got at least one of their players. that's on the, um, Uh, What is in the defensive side? It's going to be, yeah, we we talked about how Blake Martinez may be out for this game, but the guy at least that you look at overall that I'm more curious about is Dexter Lawrence because we've talked about how the tackles for the Cardinals have been solid. It's taken essentially some very good players to be able to get edge pressure on Kyler Murray. Up the middle, they've been a bit more soft. Um, So I think that's step number one. The other step you want to look at is, James Bradbury has been playing at maybe a Pro Bowl level this year. He's been excellent as far as being able to defend passes. He's already got three interceptions on the year. They've just done a great job schematically. The way the Cardinals have done is they've kind of lined DeAndre Hopkins up on one side. And if Bradbury is able to kind of get in the way and block him and he's not able to separate, that's going to be very problematic for the Cardinals because, again, we've said that's basically your best passing threat. So what I think you want to do in this game, John, is you're going to have to look at just the fact that what Arizona needs to do is not necessarily even say, hey, get back to whatever it was, whatever happened with their offense. What they need most of all is a win. I think that if you can be able to say, hey, doesn't matter how we're going to do it. Did it, it turn into forcing two fumbles on special teams, one that was, you know, recovered for the end zone? You won by three. Hey, hey, I'll take it. Right now, a lot of fans are looking at this team and seeing the struggles. And we've talked about how a lot of times it's, you know, process over results. This is one of those options where I think that by being able to go out and get a win, no matter what the process is, That, I think, will be a big enough boost to this team, especially if you can talk about heading into next week if the Minnesota Vikings drop a game. Um, You know, the San Francisco, or now I should say almost (laughs) Arizona-bound 49ers, they're at least a game behind Arizona. What you don't want to, I think, see, John, is the worst case scenario is if you drop this game, suddenly you're dropped four straight. People are questioning, are you going to have another win on the season? Are you going to be tied with the Niners where you now have to fend off two teams if the Vikings are able to go ahead there's a lot that's riding here and on this game and while like you said it's not like we're talking about a mathematical elimination really I think the season comes down to winning these last two games showing the ability to bounce back because even if you don't end up winning the Niners game or the um or the Rams game at the end of the season you at least are still in the picture you're at least still have a chance you know kind of where this team is you drop this game but there's going to be questions and voices raised there's going to be a lot of people pointing to the 2018 Cardinals people pointing to uh, the Cardinals back in 2012 of keep dropping some of those different games especially winnable ones and suddenly you're talking about a lot of questions that you'd rather not have especially when you're seeing such a a bright young quarterback in Kyler Murray and I think it's on him to essentially look at this play the last few weeks recognize I may have to put some of this team on my back even if the other players aren't stepping up that's where I think it comes down to John and that does start with Kyler being willing to take another hit or two for the team while well, you don't be dumb with him but be able to go back to some of what made you successful and recognize that this is a Giants team that is not great against the run and they're not great tackling either that's the biggest thing I think you can say overall is that that's part of what we saw last year with Chase Edmonds and why he's been so effective to me he's the guy that I'm looking at as player number one the last few and we can talk about some of Chase Edmonds here as we kind of uh, dwindle down with our game predictions here Chase Edmonds has been essentially unstoppable when it comes to Working in MetLife Stadium, he went to college nearby in Ford, and we talked about last time when they played the Jets. He had an extremely good game against the Jets the last time too. He's gotten about two hundred and I'm gonna say it's two hundred and forty two yards on 37 touches and four (laughs) touchdowns. So that's the thing I think that you're looking at is you say, hey, all right, this is Chase's kind of wheelhouse. They may be coming out expecting Chase. I think you want to see some of the play action get dialed up to the point where you're able to bring back some of the misdirection, use your tight ends in blocking, and give Chase Edmonds space to work against this Giants team that is solid in coverage, John, but is weak in tackling. You get one or two broken tackles and 30 yards out, suddenly Chase may be gone. That, I think, at least, is the key to this game, and that's the player that I'm watching the most, I think, even more than the likes of a Dan Arnold, who's a mismatch guy we saw last week. Chase Edmonds, I think, is going to be a key for the Cardinals, and if he takes pressure off of Kyler, then that will really help the Cardinals in this game because, as we said, it's a must-win for Arizona if you're in this situation and you want to be that playoff team everyone said that you were.
1: Yeah, I think you've hit the, the nail on the head. Chase Edmonds to me is one of the best, if not the best, player on the on the Cardinal roster that can break tackles and and make people miss in the open field. and And Kenyon Drake can do that um, sometimes, but Drake I think is more effective at you know getting from the first line of defense to the second. Whereas Chase Edmonds usually can make somebody miss in the open field, superior to that of Drake. But I think both can be uber effective in this game and I think listen you throw all the former game plans out the window you don't talk about anything that's happened over the course of the last month and and you're just going to say if we're going to get beat today we're going to get beat running the football because that's what we used to be known for and that's what when we had the most success offensively our our game was built around and that's not to say Kyler Murray can't beat this kind of Giants team by himself but the Kyler Murray that we saw last week is not the same one that we've come to grow in love. He, he's got to work out some kinks in the passing game. When you've got Fitz under 100%, you haven't been able to establish this consistent number two, and Christian Kirk's going MIA, and Hopkins is going against one of the better young corners in football. I think you play to your strength, and that is we can run the ball with Edmonds and Drake. We've got an offensive line that, again, is fully healthy and intact. Maybe Kelvin Beecham's a little bit banged up, but for the most part, I mean, how many how many teams can say that? I would say maybe maybe five teams can say hey we've got everybody on the offensive line ready to go and it's week 15 you know it's week 14 or whatever it is that never happens and so use that and say okay we can push opposing defensive lines around because we have the guys that we wanted to go to town with at the beginning of the season we got the guys that we believed in this is a huge game for the interior offensive line Blake and you hit the nail on the head Justin Pugh is I believe the the highest paid offensive lineman on the team by a wide margin. He's one of the highest paid players on the team, and you know we could be entering a stretch here. He's going to be 31 years old next year. Is this his last year with the team? Could he be a cap casualty? He's returning to the team that drafted him, and he played really well in this game a year ago. You know there'll be some motivation on his end uh, to come out and play effectively. Mason Cole, he's played okay this year, but certainly not over the the notion that he couldn't be replaced with an upgrade in the off season if it presented itself. And then of course J.R. Sweezy has been a complete disappointment. How soon does Justin Murray put additional heat on him if he's not getting it done? You know, if we're in the second quarter and he's getting beat left and right like he did, you know, each of the last two weeks he got destroyed against New England. I just think that for the Cardinals to come out and be successful, they have to they have to be able to run the football. And I I haven't consistently thought that with this team. There are many instances going into Sunday, Blake, that I feel like this team could just win with Kyler Murray being Kyler Murray. Right now, with how fragile this team is offensively, and they're a fragile group, they could unravel at any point, not because of personnel, but because of what's going on in their psyche, and that's also an issue with Kingsbury. You've got a team that's on the season, Blake, and I know Kyler attributes a large part into this, has 1,800 yards rushing, five yards a carry, and 19 rushing touchdowns. They average 150 yards on the ground a game. They've lost one fumble running the football this year. I would just say, if we're going to lose, we're going to lose doing this, running the football, and we're going to slow this game down. We're not going to turn it over. We're going to play field position, and we believe if this is a one-possession game, either them or us in the fourth quarter, we have the better players to be able to pull this out. What happens with the Cardinals too often is they screw around, they go three and out, they turn the ball over, they give their defense a position where they're starting at midfield, and then by the fourth quarter, the Cardinals are always trying to play, you know, comeback. They're always trying to come back, like against New England. They're down double digits or against against, uh, the Rams last week. They're down double digits, and they have to try to pull off something. Even against, like, the Seattle game that they won, they were down late in the Buffalo game how about a game in which they control the tempo and the line of scrimmage from start to finish and they never let the giants breathe they never let the giant it's like the the term is like you just you snatch somebody's soul when you run the football effectively and you never let them up they they are i guarantee you that team as well coached as they are They have so many young players. They are reading their press clippings. They're going to coast the NFC East title. The Cardinals are playing horrific football. They've got a college coach running this team. Come out. Guys like Drake and Hopkins and Murray and Humphreys could all be Pro Bowl level players this year. Come out and establish the run and lean on those guys to win. And I think that if they do that, they will be successful and they will win because I I, I just am not high. I think they're the giants are too average in their in their front seven and i think that the teams that give the, the cardinals problems are the, on the flip side if if the front seven is fierce like miami and some of these other teams you know detroit gave them problems with their front seven of course the rams seattle the second time it doesn't matter what's going on in the secondary you know miami didn't have a great secondary when the cardinals lost to them seattle didn't have a great secondary when they lost on thursday night football I think the, the Cardinals struggle when pressure is right in Kyler's face and he can't step up in the pocket. That's not what this Giants team does. So you just come out and say, we're going to shorten this game. We're going to dominate time of possession. We're going to make you just gasp for air by the time the fourth quarter hits. And I do think that's going to be their game plan. So I'll go on with my official prediction, Blake. I, I think the Cardinals come out with the, their m- must-need victory of the season. And I think that they beat the Giants, halting their winning streak and, and halting their own losing streak. And I think they put up somewhere in the vicinity of 27 points and the Giants get 21 points. I, this could be the last win prediction I have for the year, depending on how this game goes, Blake. But I, I do think we're going to see enough from this group. <laughs> backs against the wall, completely um, you know, taken to task by the national media. I think they come out and overcome some adversity and get the W on Sunday.
0: I'll be very interesting. I know the Cardinals earlier this season when DeAndre Hopkins had a kind of a run in with some people, at least around the Arizona area, he seemed like he came and fired up for the Seahawks game. We've had an entire week of media speculation talking about, um, Kyler Murray, whether it's his character or leadership and some other aspects, which has been interesting because uh, I know I shared this with you earlier this week. We kind of shared, well, where is it that the likes of a Brock Purdy is getting some of that information? We went all the way back to the 2019 draft and showed that there was essentially a uh, Charlie Casserly's comments on Kyler Murray. And Heward was like, yeah, as I said, Murray's going to be criticized and nitpicked. Just wait until, you know, all this other data gets on there. And then maybe it sounds like Arizona's made up their minds. He's going to be nitpicked. A lot of it kind of ultimately seems to be in some kind of cases is there's some people who supported Murray coming out, some people who did not. Some people said they were right and some people said they were wrong. Heward, since practices are closed, is either talking to a player who's, you know, sharing some of the disgruntlement about the player he's with, or we're talking about kind of relying on a lot of what other people were hearing from Charlie Castle. And as we talked about at the time, there was... You know, one or two ways to look at it. Either, hey, things are going to be right about how this is going to look as far as it comes with Kyler. And it didn't click with the fact that the on-field performance was totally different. I remember a story a while back talking about the, um, as far as with character and off-field and other things, there was a story out of Raiders guy had for Jamarcus Russell where they put together a whole group of tapes for him to watch as far as watching the film for everything. And they're like, this is, just the way that he would play, it would seem like he'd just make things up as it went. He just wouldn't seem to watch the film. And so it's like, all right, let's uh, right, we'll give him some blank tapes this week. Uh, let's see how it goes. Hey, Jamarcus, how was the film? He's like, oh yeah, watched it already. It was great. I'll be ready to go for the game. And they realize this dude just lied about how hard he was working. That, I think, is something, at least we've never had any of those types of stories. Rather, it's been the opposite as far as when it comes to with his team his teammates we commented earlier this year about how if you're going to come out and bash kyler murray and saying he's a not a leader for that one he needs to mature a bit he needs to be able to you know uh, brock hewitt i think even said work as hard in practice as he does during the games. Well. We're talking about this time when COVID where Kyler Murray essentially was so wanting to get with his teammates, so wanting to practice. He did an all paid expenses trip for the running backs, the wide receivers, uh, the tight end group for that one, took them all to Dallas, went to his home high school, took them out to go to like, you know, like an arcade bar, Uh, basically kept everything as socially distanced as possible. We didn't hear of any single COVID cases that were coming out of that whole time it was one of those spots where he said, yeah, this is what a leader does at the quarterback position. It's, you don't necessarily say that, hey, I'm going to, you know, go ahead here and just take it easy. That He essentially added practice time that wasn't required to his team. And I think that's something that, gets easily forgotten when teams go through a losing streak and like we said a lot of this that we were talking about John is you're talking about blaming a coach who's got this team two years after they were the number one you know t- <laughs> number one draft pick overall and you had to kind of just admit how failed everything had been organizationally has got this team where we're talking about them being a disappointment if they don't make the playoffs and while there's things to kind of go over and pick around it's like yeah I think Cliff probably needs to take more deep shots to Dion. I think that they need to have a few more design runs for Kyler that even if he has to slide and doesn't go anywhere, you're keeping that threat of him being able to run into part of the playbook. I would love to see there be a time or two where he's under center, keeps it on a naked bootleg like we saw against, you know, team like the Ravens, uh, teams like the, I think the Buffalo or not Buffalo, it was the um, uh, Cincinnati Bengals in 2019. There's elements that I have issues and problems with overall. But what we've seen overall, I think, from a lot of the different media is essentially showing that they expected that this Cliff kingsbury Kyler experiment was going to fail from the start, either due to not liking Cliff or not liking this five-nine football player who at one point was pursuing a career in baseball. So when it comes down to it, I think that the Cardinals, you know, the temperament of their team to me, I think, and who's going to need the win more, I think it's going to be Arizona is going to be the one. This is kind of their desperation time. They've been getting slammed all week by all these people, at least for that one. I do think that they'll come out and push uh, push the pedal to the metal. I don't think they're going to run the Giants out of town. I give too much credit to the coaching job that Joe Judge and Patrick Graham are doing over there. I have it as 23-14 Cardinals. It's hard for me to be able to see if the... Cardinals are able to, like you said, come out here, are able to be effective, can get off to a hot start, force the Giants to throw. I think that the Giants are going to not be in a position where they'll be able to catch up. Um, the hope, at least, overall, is you can force an error or two um, with some of those blitzes. We saw against the likes of Cam Newton early. We even saw it, at least, with the Cardinals being able to you know, get up early against the Rams. That's what I have, at least, for this game. Now, if this does turn into a Giants victory, John, we're probably going to be looking and talking about trying to diagnose where some of the issues and flaws are and we'll be, it'll be really interesting to see what happens at least for the most part. And uh, the last thing that I'll at least say is I do have a f- kind of maybe not a gut feeling, but if the Cardinals go into Sunday with two kickers active calling up one from the practice squad, because of that Zane injury, I would guess that we may see Zane Gonzalez do the kickoff, but maybe we see a different kicker kicks some of those field goals especially if it ends up being say in the you know 45 yard kick With two seconds left at the end of the half, suddenly you're like, yeah, Zane's our you know backup or emergency kicker for all of that today. But you know maybe he's good enough to handle kickoffs. We're just worried that he may take a hit. Whatever you want to do, the Cardinals at some point have to be able to address a lot of that. And while it is a confidence issue, you can't just go and try to keep putting a guy in to boost your own confidence because then you're bringing your team down. So my kind of bold prediction, at least, is that they because of that showing up in the injury report, I do think it's possible we see two kickers on Sunday and. We'll see how that goes. The Cardinals right now are in a very, very tight scenario, and they don't have a kicker on the roster, I think, who is proven to be playoff caliber, and that's ultimately a disappointment when you look at that signing from... Steve Keim this year what are some of your thoughts John on just this Zane situation especially since he's still anticipated to be the kicker but we're starting to see is is there going to be a late second change what happens if this ends up being a 17-14 Giants win and Zane misses another kick in the 40 yard range on the outside of it like how much longer is this going to essentially keep going on is what a lot of fans I think are are wanting to know right now
1: yeah it's a great question I can't even pretend to predict what's going to happen. I I thought that they would release him after last week and go with Mike Nugent. They didn't. Nugent's still on the practice squad. I think you're right, Blake. I think he could be brought up, and they could have two active kickers on game day. That's probably the more than likely approach. Um, And listen, I also think that the Cardinals are at a point, you saw it with Cliff Kingsbury last week, that they're not going to kick unless they absolutely feel like they have to. If they get onto the opposite side of the 50, they're going to go for it. They want to be aggressive with this offense. We saw it last week with Keyshawn Johnson and and Kyler Murray. (coughs) And I I think we could see much of the same this this upcoming week. Um, And if they're not in a position to go for it and it's a long field goal, maybe they punt. Maybe they try to play field position and and pin pin the Giants back deep within their own territory. I wouldn't be opposed to that either because, again, the, the Zane Gonzalez thing is twofold. Not only are you missing points and and taking away taking away points from from a cardinal victory potentially but you're also giving the opposing offenses just primal field position to, to go down and and convert scores and so uh, i i think that the cardinals are going to be very careful with how they choose to roll him out um and i i also feel like they they think that listen with this giants team and i think the same could be said with that new england game earlier this year a couple of weeks ago in fact if they are able to be aggressive enough and successful enough with their offense and score enough points early on, I know this sounds cliche, but stay with me here. Rather than kicking field goals, if they can flip heads a couple times, you know, for lack of a better term, and, and convert some fourth downs that lead to touchdowns, I think they feel like they can put this, this, this team away early. And I've said this consistently for the last couple of weeks. The Cardinals defense has been playing well enough for the Cardinals offense to jump ahead and, and put up... 21 to 24 first half points if they play up to their consistent previous capabilities and they just haven't done that yet and so I do think if the Cardinals are aggressive in the first half and convert a couple fourth downs and let's say get 20 plus points in the first half that's enough against this Giants team the Giants aren't rallying from that they're not played to they're not built to play from behind we what will get you into trouble is missing field goals that give the Giants short field position you're taking points off the board And I get it. It's the same thing when you're going for it with fourth down. But you would rather give Kyler Murray the ability to try to pick up a fourth down because he's your best player uh, against a kicker that has no confidence right now that everybody wants to see gone. I I just think that you would rather roll the dice with Kyler Murray converting uh, possessions on fourth down that would potentially lead to touchdowns than whatever the heck Zane Gonzalez has got going on. So. I think we're going to see Kingsbury remain aggressive because I like the aggressiveness. I I think that that's been one of his best attributes this year. I liked the fourth down call against New England. I think it's easy to play hindsight. I just think that when has he not been aggressive and he's needed to is is likely in the fourth quarter. So I think they're going to stay with that. But I just, if they're efficient, they don't need to kick field goals. They're going to score touchdowns. This offense has the capabilities. There's no excuse outside of maybe some issues at receiver, Blake. They, They can run the football on anybody we've seen that. I, I I think the kicking situation is a moot point right now because they, they don't have anybody they really feel great about. I mean, Mike Nugent could come on and look terrible, too, and then what do you do, right? And then you're sitting there and just like, well, I guess we'll go back to Zane. It's kind of like the Bears quarterback situation where they're going back and forth.
0: Well, it, there's a better way about it, actually, though, John. I mean, like, we know this Cardinals team just from weeks past. It seems almost like they could be better at converting a fourth and 12 than perhaps they could like a running the clock down third and two if there's no zane that they have maybe this is a case where you you're just like all right so what are we gonna do uh and i like to play this game where i just try to take least amount of chances run the clock off try to do some of these instead just be like all right carler we're gonna act like we don't have a kicker and we're just gonna have to go for it on fourth down until we get within like the, the within the 20 yard line and then you know hey we're within the 20 yard line we can punch the football in here or at least it's close enough that it's extra point length Uh, then that would be the case you can say oh cool it's worth an extra point length we know exactly that our range for a guy like nugent's going to be maybe it's maybe he can only kick it say 35 yards consistently he's just been more of that emergency guy Uh, maybe it's something that benefits the cardinals in that regard and the thing that's great is that this is a giants team it's not like you're playing an offensive juggernaut like the seahawks or the rams this is a team that you can probably get away with a failed fourth down with their offense taking over As long as you don't cause like a big play to be busted up, at least that totally flips the field. You know, if they go up there and Daniel Jones fumbles, gives you the ball back, or they try to run the football like they've done all season long, it almost is kind of a benefit. Uh, This is the time where if the Cardinals are going to have a get right game, I think it would be now, and uh, I think that would be one of the cases would be, A, like, is this going to be something that forces Cliff into kind of becoming a different sort of coach because he seems to have wanted to keep consistent and trust his kicker, Zane Gonzalez, and Zane has essentially let him down every single time that he's depended on him the last four games outside of uh, one or two kicks that we've seen Um particularly since that redemption in the Seattle game it just has not been the same since yeah
1: absolutely and i think again uh, that aggressive approach is is a a very welcome change with kingsbury this year um it's just they at the certain moments in the fourth quarter when the cardinals have the lead he's gotten a little bit conservative but i just think and we can kind of end here blake and you, unless you've got one final point but i i just feel like this team right now is so desperate for a victory based on all their comments and everything we're going on. And I I listened to Kaim on Friday, and he sounds dejected but PO'd. And I I think that they're going to come out and play that way. I could be totally wrong. They could look like garbage again, and then that probably speaks to a bigger issue with Kingsbury if they're not competitive, right? I mean, the good thing about this team is they've been competitive every week. Um, and that's progress for this franchise whether or not you believe that or if you've been following this team long enough there there are many instances where they're not competitive and it's embarrassing to watch them so they're competitive every week but can they can they come out and take advantage of another team that is high on themselves with inferior talent specifically at the quarterback position if they can do that they should win but I've said that you know three out of the past four losses Blake and they haven't been able to get it done so we'll see
0: Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll see at least. This is just probably one of the better matchups you're going to get for the Cardinals for the rest of the season. Again, going back to everything with Kyler Murray with questions of have he be been figured out or what's been going on with him. Ultimately, uh, go back to a tweet that our our site manager Seth Seth Cox uh, sent out. And I think it really ultimately is kind of the key to a lot of us. We've talked about how Kyler and his personality is different from most people. He He's not a Larry Fitzgerald type of guy. He's a guy who's like he just cares ultimately about winning you know he's not one of those guys who's going to you know split a joke with a reporter the the time that we saw the most personality from kyler murray is when he joked about his height with cardinals equipment managers and you know was kind of just talking over with chandler jones about some of the you know different shoes that he was wearing i think it was steve keim actually with what we see at least often as a guy who essentially just cares about football wins being able to kind of you know if he can get a win, then you can say, hey, cool, I'll treat myself playing a bit of Call of Duty Warzone with some of the fellas. And that, I think, at least, is one of the spots where the first type of really kind of pressure he has under to uh, kind of going through these losing streaks. It's different from when you're a rookie in the NFL. He's being expected to carry this team, and it's going to cause some sort of adjustment. But I don't think there's any reason or truly concern long term for him. It's just kind of one of those adjusting periods, and I think everyone has to go through one of these things in life. The Cardinals are the team that's going through the biggest adjustment period for that one. Um, we talked about since 1988, we've counted six seasons that have been winning. There's even more seasons that the Cardinals have had like they've been on eight and eight, or have not been on. They've been on the cusp of a winning season, have not gotten there. Kyler is a guy who's so committed to winning for that one that, you know, he went through and basically lost, what was it, two games in college as a starter? And he went on this huge, crazy, undefeated record in high school. This is one of those cases, at least, where We're talking about a team and even a head coach in Cliff who's going to have to choose whether they want to adopt his personality or if the Cardinals are going to be the nicest 8-8 and team every single year. That, I think, is the biggest thing, John, that this Cardinals team has to learn and figure out. And to me, it starts with the Cardinals essentially going back and, being able to prove, like I guess it's not necessarily prove the doubters wrong or anything like that, not, not even using them as motivation. Just make sure that you just add it to that chip that's already on your shoulder and go out and do your job. And if the Cardinals can do that, I think they'll walk away with the win. If they cannot, then there's going to be a lot of questions, I think, about what exactly on this team let them down and how can you change that for next year so that you're not looking back at any regrets with this quarterback who, as we've said, has basically been special and has kind of reached a point now he needs more people to step up because uh, just him and his legs alone, it hasn't been cutting it the past four weeks and nor will it cut it in the long run for this franchise. Any last thoughts before we tune out for today?
1: I, I, I don't want to log on next week if Kingsbury falls to six and seven. I don't want that for him. I think Kyler, listen, the franchise is going to pay Kyler a lot of money one day. His position is solidified. If you don't think that, you're crazy you haven't been following the franchise long enough i i like cliff kingsbury as a person and i want him to do well for more more reasons than one i don't i don't want to be a part of the the craziness that will accompany a loss on sunday and so i'm probably going more with fandom than than rationale with a cardinal victory on on sunday but i i just would feel great for cliff to if he were able to pull this out joe judge has been a Belichick disciple and has probably earned the right to be a head coach. But I, I just, I think that Cliff Kingsbury at his best is better than Joe judges his best, but I think we'll find out Sunday, Blake.
0: Absolutely, John. If the Cardinals can get to 7-6, and six, be back above 500, all kind of in that pursuit of making the playoffs. It's a good week for a good win if the Cardinals can do that. If it's a loss, then it's going to be kind of continuing this slide. That will then further the narrative of this Arizona Cardinals season of a team that started off hot, and then when the games really counted, uh, did they fade down the stretch? That'll wrap it up for us on the Revenge of the Birds podcast. Uh, for my co-host, uh, the venerable John Venerable, you can follow him on Twitter at Johnny Venerable. You can find me on Twitter at BlakeMurphy7. Uh, Find us both on RevengeOfTheBirds.com Don't forget that John has a post-game recap on, Uh, I believe it's uh, Periscope still, right John? Uh, Periscope at least. And uh, I will be with the post-game rapid reaction on Revenge of the Birds. Uh, We're going to be checking in after the Giants game. Hopefully we'll be able to have um, uh, another person on for next week, Uh, you know, if everything works out. Uh, In the meantime, uh, stay safe. I know a lot has been happening as far as with COVID-related cases. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald made some comments about all of that, just with how crazy it is for a lot of those things to think that, you know, He's gone through a rough week for that one. Hopefully the Cardinals can get him back and can pick up the win on Sunday. This has been the Revenge of the Birds podcast.